The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, the 8th of May, 2022. Happy Mother's Day, as appropriate. And special thanks to the most favored spawn and both of my mothers. Thank you for joining us for the Fear the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. And also special thanks to one of our regulars who is faithfully here every week. In spite of trials and tribulations with parts of things in the show, she is here with me, stalwart as ever. Thank you, Joan. Tonight's show contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together, and then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 and 10, one being oh my God, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. I need therapy. And 10 is, I am in heaven. This is perfect. Please do this all the time. (laughs) As well as we give our listeners commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. I'm going to check in with Joan real quick. and just She's awful quiet, so I just want to make sure she can hear me. Because once in a while, this is a thing. And also, it may tell me whether or not you all can hear me. Um, Okay, our show is spoiler and comic-free. Most of you know that. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. Welcome to Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7. Fear ran the usual front eight episodes, then was on break until April 17th. There are four more episodes to Season 7 left after tonight, wrapping on June 5th. There is already a Season 8 planned at this time, which is said to be released in fall of 2022, although we don't know if it will be before, concurrent with, or after Walking Dead Classic, which also airs its last eight episodes in the fall as well. Um, Here's some updates on spinoff projects. I do this every week, and you guys know most of this. So I'm going to abbreviate just to remind y'all, please send me a note on the Facebook page if I talk about something you don't know about and you want more information. Number one, final season of The Walking Dead classic. Season 11 has eight episodes left, picking up back in fall of 22. Fear the Walking Dead is where we are now, winding up season seven. There's currently a commitment to season eight for fall 2022 as well. Back in November 2021, it was confirmed that production for this season will relocate from Austin, Texas to Savannah, Georgia. For those who might be behind and haven't heard, which is maybe one or two of you, uh, Walking Dead World Beyond has ended several months ago. In 2023, this will get interesting. I should pull that link up. There is a link attached to this that I have recently added because some data has been updated. All right, let me 
pull the page up so I can read this to you guys. Oops. So sorry. All right. So while that's pulling up, in 2023, the fourth series is coming of thus unnamed spinoff fronted by Carol and Daryl. There has started to be speculation and has not been named or promoted because it's a ruse covering a major death or other plot twist coming soon. I was not referring to this because this was not premeditated. The update is that Melissa McBride has left this new show. She needed a break. Norman Reedus was not bad to her. Jeffrey Dean Morgan has intervened to yell at the fans for being nasty because they did not have a quarrel. She's just out of spoons and she needs to take a hiatus. Okay, Joan did comment one thing, and she says, for the record, she's never rated this show a one or needed therapy afterwards. So, okay, Ian and Andrew, at least that. You haven't driven Joan to therapy, and you haven't ever gotten a one. <laughs> so there is that, I suppose. All right, let me pull up the article for you. This was written back on April 28th. Uh, everything to know about The Walking Dead spinoff with Daryl, but no longer Carol. All good things must come to an end, which is why Walking Dead viewers weren't surprised when AMC announced that zombie apocalypse drama would conclude in 2022 after 11 seasons. The good news, there are still eight episodes left for fans to enjoy. The great news, the story of Carol, Daryl, excuse me, will continue after the flagship Walking Dead series walks off in a sunset. Previously, the spinoff was supposed to center on Daryl and Carol, but AMC announced on April 27th that McBride is no longer able to participate in the project because of filming logistics, as first reported by TV Line. Here's everything to know so far about The Walking Dead spinoff with Daryl, but no longer Carol. Bookmark this page. Well, you, I can't tell you how to do that because it's all audio. Norman Reedus will still star. Uh, the actor's officially back as his iconic character from the original show. Unlike the main series, where he was supporting a larger ensemble, he will officially be the lead of this new drama, and we would not have it any other way. In terms of his awards history, Reedus received seven People's Choice Awards nominations and four... Hold on, the page just jumped. Can you guys not recenter this when I'm in the middle of reading stuff? Thank you. How rude. How very Facebook. <laughs> uh, four Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Film bids for playing Daryl. It doesn't mention that he won, but he certainly has been put up there a lot. I think people are going to keep doing it until he does win. Show title is forthcoming. I've been harping on this as having some meaning that they haven't done it yet. Your guess is as good as ours. Stop! Oh, my gosh. This is so annoying. Stop jumping, Paige. You are full of pop-ups and stupid things. And if you keep it up, I'm not going to use you. Okay. Your guess is as good as ours about what the new series will eventually be called, but we'd love to hear your guesses down in the comments section. Um, I'd be curious if any of you guys have any guesses as well. Keep in mind that previous spinoffs in the universe have included Dead somewhere in the title. One of our favorite suggestions is The Walking Dead, the next chapter. When will it air? I don't like The Walking Dead, the next chapter, because there's um, Tales of the Walking Dead, which could be previous chapters or next chapters. And there's also the Negan and Maggie thing in New York, Isle of the Dead, which has its title already. But nevertheless, my point is they're all next chapters. So this is not really working for me. Sorry. 
When will it air? The Daryl spinoff will be set and filmed in Europe in summer 2022 and is expected to premiere in 2023. Quote, relocating to Europe became logistically untenable for Melissa at this time. AMC revealed about why McBride left the program. Remember that last week we talked on the show, there are rumors that it may be set in France because of the thing at the end of World Beyond. I don't know why they're sending Daryl for that. He doesn't seem the most likely character to hook up with that, but it's fine. We'll find out. Um, behind the scenes talent. Current and former Walking Dead showrunners Angela King and Scott M. Gimple created the new series based on Robert Kirkman's graphic novels. We expect that many of the other writers, directors, and creative talents will also hop on board the Daryl train, though nothing has been confirmed quite yet. Reedus teases a show of hope, quote-unquote. Here's what Reedus told Talkie Dead host Chris Hardwick about the upcoming series. Quote, the new spinoff show I'm really excited about, I have to say. I've always loved the relationship with Daryl and Carol. Well, I guess this is an old quote then, sad face. And we play off each other so well. It's a different type of show. It's a show of hope. It's not two groups fighting each other for territory or something like that. It's she and I on the road seeing what's left out in the world. It kind of opens up a whole lot of possibilities. All right. What is Tales of the Walking Dead? That is not this show. That is a separate show. Don't get confused, Daryl fans. A spinoff called Tales of the Walking Dead is also in the works at AMC, but it won't include your favorite character. Instead, the anthology series will feature standalone episodes with new and or existing characters from all corners of the dystopian zombie world. What is Isle of the Dead? Yet another spinoff. Isle of the Dead has also been green-lighted. This one will feature former enemies. They're kind of frenemies right now. I don't know that this is former yet. Um, Negan and Maggie, who are now working together. Cohen recently explained how the two characters are, quote, not friends in the spinoff, which makes sense considering that Negan killed Maggie's husband. All right. And the rest is just commentary, so we'll stop there. Let's see if Joan has any further comments. Um, she also says, not only did Jeffrey D. Morgan have to intervene, but the show put out an official statement as well to fans that were being crappy to Norman about Melissa stepping back. And she agrees with what I said. Next chapter doesn't work for her either. Um, so guys, go back to the drawing board. Think of something else. Um, Joan's still trying to wrap her mind around the idea that Daryl will go anywhere in Europe. He's not exactly the jet center type. Well, and, you know, we're not exactly in a world where you have jets anymore. I don't really know how that's going to happen, but we'll see. Okay. That's 841. Let's go ahead and keep going. Uh, summer 2022 will be Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, they've talked about it. Let me see. I, I do have a link but I don't know if it's anything other than just the extreme basics here. Let me pull it up and see what they have to say. It's actually just a the wiki for that show, but maybe they have some updates. I bookmarked this earlier, and I don't remember what I saw. Uh, let's see. Right now, Tales of the Walking Dead... The developer is Scott Gimple, showrunner is Channing Powell. Uh, it's one season of six episodes, and it's going to come out in summer. But they didn't say when in summer. 
Um, I've told you most of the stuff here. Filming is in Buford, Georgia. I began in January. Um, I'm just looking over the notes to see if there's anything I hadn't said to you yet. Nope, I've told you everything they said here. So this is uh, duplicate material. Dead in the water, I'm still just letting you know that webisode, which was the backstory of the USS Pennsylvania from the end of season six of Fear, uh, aired exclusively on AMC Plus back on April 10th. It's still up. It's six episodes, and you can see them on demand. Uh, Maggie and Negan in New York, Isle of the Dead. Um, nothing new there. We just told you the same thing. So we'll let keep moving on. Call in to speak with the host at 914-338-0314 anytime tonight. But we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time if you can. You're still welcome to call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the next commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, you're welcome to join us in our live chat room at blogtalkradio.com where you will be able to listen to the show real-time as well as download the episode after the fact using that link. And we usually post links each week on Facebook. And we were doing it on my Twitter. Jack, I'm still waiting for you to give me my account back before Elon Musk buys it out entirely. All righty. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening or any evening, you can go to the episode link after the show is done. It takes about five minutes to process. And download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. Tonight's fear episode is entitled Sunny Boy. Official AMC synopsis is, when baby Mo goes missing inside the tower, John Dory Sr. finds himself in a unique position to prove his worth to an increasingly paranoid strand. I don't know if you could get much more paranoid, but whatever. Alrighty, so now we are at the point of reading the extended synopsis. So this one is by Renee Hansen from Fansided at UndeadWalking.com and was written five days ago. And she says, it's new photos mostly, but they do give an extended commentary about the synopsis. So... This episode will mark the first Victor Strand has appeared in Season 7B, back half. First three episodes of the back of Season 7 were character-centric stories highlighting Alicia, Charlie, and Daniel. Viewers are more than ready to see the war for the tower break out. Honestly, no. I'm really not chomping at the bit for that. I think the whole thing is stupid. Um, Sunny Boy will see Baby Mogo missing, with John Dory Sr. finds a way to prove himself to Strand. In the episode Morning Cloak, couple episodes ago, I think it was 10, we heard Dory Sr. side with Howard to June's shock. He told her he had to be the voice of reason to talk Strand into making things change at the tower. Since Morgan tried to poison him, Strand has grown increasingly more paranoid and who can blame him. The teaser for this episode looks like quite a bit of action will occur, which should please the viewers who have been longing for more action in the back half of this season. The teaser below this video shows a baby Mel was in her crib and is now gone. Who took her? As Strand says, babies don't just vanish into thin air. In the previous episode, we saw Wes arrive at the tower, and this episode sees that he's been accepted into the community. 
Another poor soul is thrown off the tower's roof, and the screams seem to indicate a female could be the victim this time around. The number of irradiated walkers that have been let out of the pit appear to have increased. Is Strand responsible for letting them out? And I really hope this is not true, because that would be phenomenally stupid. Um, Arno told Luciano that someone was letting them out, and Ali was asked why Strand was sending people to the pit. He may think that's a good idea, but this one could easily backfire, and I agree. All right, that is the last of the talking on that. It's 8.46. Let's see what Joan's got to say. Um, she has not added any further comments, so let's go ahead and keep going. All righty, writers and directors' profiles. Tonight's show was written by Jacob Pinion and Justin Boyd and directed by Ron Underwood. All right, bios, Jacob Pinion. P-I-N-I-O-N, not the N with the mark over it. There is no personal biographical data that I could find on Jacob. Jacob is, has some smaller acting and post-production credits in IMDb starting around 2012. He's known for his work on Dress Up with George B. Style from 2014, Middle Stage from 2014, and Fabi Knows Best from, also from 2014. He has director's credits for all three of these. He has producer's credits for Fanfare 2014, Dress Up, Middle Stage, and Fabby, and is currently in pre-production on a dramatic short called Company, directed by Jamie and Jason Neese. He has associated producer credits for comedy What's Your Emergency from 2015. He has writer's credits for Dress Up, Fanfare, Middle Stage, Fabby, and Company. Jacob's first position in the Walking Dead franchise was as a writer's production assistant during season four of Fear for nine of the 16 episodes in 2018. His second job in the franchise was a writer's assistant for all of season five of Fear, 2019. His third job was writing all six episodes of the Althea Tapes, the miniseries airing on the Walking Dead YouTube channel in 2019. I have the link if anybody needs it. Writing episodes is his fourth position within the franchise, and tonight is his fourth time writing an episode for any of the main series in the franchise. The first one he did, it looks like he did, um, huh, it looks like he did all of them in Walking Dead Classic. So, season six, episode seven, mid-season finale, Damage from the Inside. Okay, you know what? I don't think these are from Walking Dead Classic. I think everything he wrote may have been from Fear. My bad. Um, I should have written down what show it was from because we have writers and we also have actors who have done multiple shows now. All right, so Damage from the Inside. Second one was JD. That's what tipped me off that it was fair. Season 6, episode 13, co-written with Nick Bernadoni. And the third is Cindy Hawkins, season 7, episode 3, also along with Nick. He also recently wrote all the episodes for Dead in the Water, which aired on AMC Plus in April 2022. All right, I'm going to double-check the chat room real quick. Joan has not added anything, so let us continue. It's 849. Second writer, Justin Boyd. At Tweet Justin Boyd on Twitter. Although uh, he's not very much on his feed. Dude, you got to use your Twitter. According to Justin Boyd at Ac- point Academia point EDU, he attended DePaul University Philosophy, alumnus and University of Texas at Dallas, Arts and Humanities alumnus. Justin has four writer's credits before Fear, just since 2018. He's a bit new to the biz. 
He started with horror anthology series Channel Door on Sci-Fi. Second was Reprisal in 2019. Third was Lincoln Rhyme Hunt for the Bone Collector in 2020. And fourth was post-apocalyptic fantasy series Sweet Tooth in 2021. Justin has been a producer for Fear since Season 7, Episode 1, which is 12 episodes including tonight. Tonight is Justin's second time writing episodes in the franchise, first being Season 7, Episode 5, Till Death. Alrighty. Um, last, let's do the director. Ron, Ronald Brian Underwood was born in Glendale, California. I don't know what his birthday is. I did try to look. A director who is equally adept at working in television as well as features. Southern California native Ron Underwood has been making films since fifth grade and was winning Eastman Kodak Filmmaking Awards by the time he was in his teens. After graduating from University of Southern California, he completed a fellowship at the American Film Institute and then began his professional career in educational films. He directed more than 100 educational films before turning his attention to children's television. Underwood's ABC Weekend Special, The Mouse and the Motorcycle, I loved that book, uh, 1986, earned both a Peabody Award and an Emmy nomination. The director made his feature film debut in 1990 with the science fiction comedy Tremors. The film, which starred Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward, became a sleeper hit, spawning six sequels and a USA TV series. I actually think besides Ron Underwood, there's someone else who's worked on this show that was very connected to Tremors, but I can't remember who. Maybe I'll find it at some point. Um, Okay, let me get back to this. Uh, This success was followed by the blockbuster comedy City Slickers in 91, starring Billy Crystal and Jack Palance. In addition to directing long-form films, Underwood has directed critically acclaimed television series, including Scandal, Once Upon a Time, Grey's Anatomy, The Good Fight, and many others. Underwood has some interesting starter credits as well, including being a PA on Westworld's 1976 sequel, Future World. First assistant director on 1979 schlock horror movie Tourist Trap, which I kind of dug in a cheesy way. Producer for Tremors 2, Aftershock, and writer for Tremors 1, 2, 4, which went to video, and A Cold Day in Hell, which was a 2018 video. It appears he did not work on Tremors 3. This sounds very familiar. Maybe I am thinking there was another person, but it was his bio stuff after all. So, my bad. Underwood has 58 director's credits back to 1980, including episodes of Monk, Boston Legal, Ugly Betty, Harry's Law, Burn Notice, Castle, Grey's Anatomy, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Once Upon a Time, and the Hawaii Five-O, Magnum P.I., and MacGyver remakes. Tonight marks his fifth time in any capacity on the franchise. Uh, first directing Fear, Season 5, Episode 10, two, 210 Words a Minute. Uh, second was Season 6, Episode 4, The Key. Third is Season 7, Episode 3, Cindy Hawkins. And fourth, it's episode five of Tales of the Walking Dead. We don't have a title for it yet. All right. So it's uh, 8.53 and time for trivia. And just checking the chat room. Joan has not added anything. So let's get started. Trivia for tonight's episode. Tonight's episode is the 97th episode of Fear Ever. Co-stars tonight include Eric Sandell as Ranger or Tower Resident 4. Trivia on Eric, he also has portrayed three separate cultists and a Valley Town resident in season six. 
Other co-star is Christina Blake as Kat. I get a feeling that Kat is going to possibly be in multiple episodes, but I will come back to that later. It's just some comments that were made that make it sound like this is one of several appearances. No also starring. Uncredited is Avaya Janiel, J-E-N-I-E-L, as Morgan, uh, baby Morgan. Uh, trivia for tonight. First appearance of Cat. The title of the episode, Sunny Boy, is the same as the Al Jolson song. This is the sixth time an episode's title is a title of a song that plays in the episode. The first was This Land is Your Land. Second was Sleigh Ride. Third was End of the Line. Fourth being Handle with Care. And the fifth being In Dreams. Last episode trivia, episode 11. That episode was the 96th episode of Fear Ever. Co-stars were Jacob Kyle Young as Sage, who was one of the stalkers. Jessica Perrin as Sabrina. Sabrina is a survivor of the outbreak in Walking, Fear the Walking Dead. She was a member of the Doomsday Cult. After being chosen by Teddy to be one of his survivors to inherit the Earth, Sabrina survives the coming nuclear fallout in the bunker under the leadership of Alicia Clark. When the bunker is abandoned, she decided to follow Alicia's former second command, Arnold, and become a member of the Stalkers, which we now know by the end of the episode that they have talked her into coming back to the group. Uh, no also starring, uncredited, was also the baby, um, baby Morgan. Uh, trivia, last appearance of Sage, last appearance of Arnold, or Arno, last appearance of the Stalkers, well, I guess. First and last appearance of Manny Salvage Yard, the location. The title of the episode last week, Ophelia, refers obviously to Ophelia Salazar. This episode marks the sixth time in fear that the name of the characters included in the episode's title, the first being Pablo and Jessica, uh, then Laura, Skinmark, bury her next to Jasper's leg, and the fifth is Cindy Hawkins. Additionally, out of these six episodes, this is the first instance where a main character's real name appears in the title. It's 8.56, we've got four minutes, so I may not finish trivia, but we'll see if we can get to a stopping point. This episode last week marks Austin Emilio and Mo Collins' 25th appearance on Fear the Walking Dead. It also marks the first appearance of Sabrina since the episode The Holding. Coincidentally, both of those were the 11th episode of their respective seasons. This episode was directed by Alicia Debnam Carey, who portrays Alicia Clark, which makes it the third time a main cast member directed an episode in the series, the first being Coleman Domingo and the second being Lenny James. And I think they mean fear, because it's also already happened in Walking Dead Classic. So these are just fear people. It's mentioned that Sarah had welded the door shut to the subsonar room after the last radiation leaks. Due to the episode being largely Daniel and Luciana-focused, much of it is in Spanish. While the original script was entirely in English, Danai Garcia, or I, maybe it's Danny, D-A-N-A-Y, and it's difficult because of Michonne's actress. They have similar names, and I am never sure the pronunciation. There's, there's a request project for you, Joan. Can we get uh, D-A-N-A-Y Garcia, the proper pronunciation of her first name, please? And Ruben Blades translated the episode into Spanish to capture the true voices of the characters. Daniel mentions his time in the Sombra Negra and the people that he had killed both before and after. Arno is shown to have been forced to undergo an amputation of his hand after Paul shot him in Follow Me. He's also revealed to have been recruited into the cult by Derek. 
Daniel mentions that he had lost Skidmark, quote, before this damn mess began. Uh, 8.58, we have episode highlights, but I don't think I can get through them in the next minute. Um, let me give it a try. Uh, how are we doing on TV? No, you know what? I don't think we're going to really have time. So let's go ahead and pause there. And then I will see you guys at the first commercial break, and we'll come back with episode highlights first. Um, All righty. 8.58, going dark. I will see you guys at the first commercial break. Thank you for joining us. Okay, guys, it's 9.05, and we are at the first commercial break. Joan is starting with a 3, and I'm starting with a 3.5. I can imagine many reasons why Joan might be doing this. For me, it's just that the opening segment honestly was just like cotton candy. And I don't mean it was cute and fluffy, but it was like nothing really happened of much substance to it. The only thing was like five seconds where we discovered that Howard has a walkie-talkie. That's interesting. The rest of it was kind of onanistic, to be honest with you. (laughs) So that's why I'm starting really low, because like nothing really reached out and grabbed me. Okay, so let's go back to trivia while we get a second. Episode highlights. This has been a new section coming up in my usual source, so I like to share it with you guys because it's a little interesting. It's kind of a summary of the bullet points of the plot. Dwight finds a weapons cache that can help in the fight against Strand. It is successfully retrieved by Dwight, Sherry, Sarah, and Morgan. Daniel's continuing psychological issues cause him to become convinced that Ophelia is still alive and calling to him from the Abigail. You know, I I have to step in here. I did not get that impression. I got the impression that this is something he's doing to himself to keep his motivation going because He's got the spoons to fight to go get Ophelia, but part of him realizes that he said goodbye to her. And I think it's kind of a a game he plays with himself. I'm not sure he's really all well, but I'm not sure he's as gone as they're painting it, is what I'm saying. Besides, a man who could do the black ops kind of military stuff that he did would not crack this easily just randomly like that. Daniel Daniel reveals that his psychological problems stem from his guilt over not being honest with Ophelia before she died. Before dying, Arno reveals that someone is letting the radioactive walkers out of the crater and that they're all in danger. Following the deaths of Arno and Sage, the stalkers join Morgan and Alicia's groups in their fight against Strand. Luciana lies to Daniel that Ophelia is in Strand's tower because they need Daniel's help, causing Wes to abandon the group. I also think that was a bit uh, gatekeepery of Wes unless he's up to something. I just feel like Wes going in there the way he did. I understand being upset with what a, with what um uh Luciana did, but not upset to this point. It it it's forced. They they're forcing him into a plot All right, and speaking of forcing us into a plot, they're forcing us back, so I'll talk to you at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 9.20, and we're at break number two, and I'm actually just going to go to 3.75. I'm really, 
I think this whole thing over baby Mo is stupid because I have no idea what they're trying to do with it. You know, okay, rescue her. It seems like so much drama over this one gesture that is going to leave so many other necessary gestures undone. It's bugging me. Joan is staying at three. She's not impressed, and I have to kind of agree with her. There's a lot of pleasant conversations, but as plot lines, this is not compelling. Sorry. Okay. Let's go back to the commentary since the last scoring. Uh, Jonas said, I know Strand was always more amoral than not, but I'm getting whiplash again with how far he's gone to the dark side, and I agree. He keeps going back and forth, and I don't understand why he's in an environment where he can, because in an emergency, and certainly the apocalypse is an emergency, you can't afford to do that kind of shit. That's very privileged behavior, because a lot of times it would probably just get you killed. Um, Joan also says, the whole tossing people off the roof left and right is ridiculous. Also agreed. Um, this is another lesson that the genre in general attempts to teach people, but these people in particular are not absorbing the point, which is in such an emergency like this, you kind of have to put up with the people that normally you wouldn't because you only have so many to pick from. Like if there's a guy who knows, surgery or how to fix a car or certain particular skills that are vital and not common, you got to put up with a lot of shit from them because you it's slim pickings, people. Okay, um, Joe, I'm continuing with what Joan said. The Strand from earlier seasons was more creative in how he stayed on top. Yes, he was. This one seemed to not care that his actions were so blatantly caused people to turn against him. And I don't understand why they haven't. There is only one of him, and yeah, he has people, military people, whatever, doing things, but I don't understand why they put up with it either. Um, I also am fussing, why in the fuck did they leave the audio equipment out in the pouring rain? That is incredibly stupid. That shit's going to be very, very hard to replace. I do not understand why they would put it at risk like this. It's very stupid. I mean, don't even attempt to cover it up. They have an ad on the table with nothing over it. And Joan said, well, if we had smarter people still running the show, we wouldn't have to ask questions like that. Now, would we? And also she says, at this point, I just want someone to kill Strand and put us out of our misery. It's too bad because he was one of my favorite complex characters in the early seasons. Again, I agree with you. I actually love Strand as a character, but I loved it because of the complex ways in which he sort of redeemed himself. It's all very fuzzy, and that's what is interesting. So this is all yuck. I don't like it. Okay, so Joan and I are in agreement that we don't like it. <laughs> Let me see. If we, okay, we do have another commercial. Let me try to get through the rest of the trivia. Um, Daniel warns Luciana that if she's lying, it could break him for good. And that's about earlier when she said Ophelia is in the tower to try to get Daniel help. Wes apparently betrays the group to Strand after being delusioned by Luciana's actions. We are back now. I'll see you at break number three. Okay, it's 929. We are at break number four. I'm actually willing to go to a four because this last little segment is a little more of the kind of stuff that I would like to see in the dialogue. There were things moving and there was reasons for stuff. But four is still pretty low, guys. You, you know, I'm cutting you a break. 
like even doing that. Um, let me give you Jones staying at three even now. Um, um, let me give you commentary from the last break. Jones says, anyone else not surprised that John planted the walkie in Howard's room? I'm absolutely not. I assumed that. And a gun that fires after being underwater. All right. There are some that might, but it's extremely unlikely. Uh, these walkers have signs of radiation poisoning, so how are they protecting baby Mo at the moment? Also agreed, also noted. All right, 9.30, let's go back to trivia and keep going. That's in last week's episode, Sage, Arnold, and many unnamed captives of the Stalkers. Uh, no errors or bloopers listed. Cast birthdays. Let's do birthdays. Dallas Mark Roberts, who played Milton in Woodbury, the doctor. Uh, May 10th, he's from Houston, Texas. Madison Porter Lentz, who played Sophia. Uh, May 11th, and she's from Atlanta. Samantha Jane Morton, who played Alpha in The Whispers, May 13th, and she's from Clifton, Nottingham, England. And Alexandria Alex Breckenridge, who played Jesse in Alexandria, May 15th, and she's from Darien, Connecticut. Let's give them all some birthday applause. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you and all your work on the show, all of you. Thank you so much. Okay, featured music. There was no music identified from last week, uh, episode 11. Unaccounted for characters I'm not getting into right now because it doesn't really seem like it matters much. Talking Dead, as I have mentioned, has uh, been put on hiatus until June 5th, which is the season closer. I don't believe they're going to have Talking Dead before that. They're just going to have 61st Street. You know, 61st Street may be a worthy show, but this kind of shenanigans always makes me hate whatever shows in between. And the fact that they're not even doing fear. Although Joan has posited many times, and I laugh, but I'm not sure she's wrong, that part of it is Chris Hardwick doesn't really want to do that show because he's aggravated with them. (laughs) I'm not convinced 100% it's a joke. All right. We are not back yet. So let's go down. I have articles, if I've run out of things to talk about, that I can share with you guys. Season 7 of Fear, the rest of the season is. Episode 98-13 is called The Raft. Writers are Nick Bernadoni and Nazreen Chaudhry. Director is Gary S. Rake, and that's on May 15th. I don't know anything about him. The other two are veterans of this uh, particular series. Gary, I've never heard of, so we'll see. 99-14, Divine Providence on May 22nd. Uh, 100-15 is Amina. And I expect that to be the episode where we get Madison Clark back. May 29th and 101 slash 16 gone June 5th. And we are back, I think. No, we're not. We have a trailer for something coming up. So we're going to be probably back in a minute. Better call Saul. Okay. I'm just watching for that because I'm pretty sure we're going to be back. Here we go. See you guys at break number six. Okay, guys, it's 9.38. We're at break number six. Joan is actually creeping up to 3.5. I'm at 4.5. For me, it's only because of the intrigue between Victor and John Dory Sr. And I just, 
I got to say, uh, it's still bothering me. It's such a stretch. Why Victor would have Howard thrown over when he knows John Dory framed it. But then again, Victor likes that sort of thing. It, it's very Victor-like, but it's very stupid. Let's put it that way. And Joan also said, I'm telling you, even the guests on the last time Talking Dead was on were laughing at the plot holes, although subtly since one of the showrunners was with them. And then she says, now that sounds like the old Victor, not telling, well, you said not telling Victor, but I think you mean Howard, that his family was found dead. Yeah, it does sound like him. Uh, Yeah, not telling the guy that just got thrown off. That's Howard. And she agrees with what I said earlier. Why the ever-loving hell hasn't someone killed Victor yet? It is not that hard. Morgan almost pulled it off just to demonstrate that it could be done. There are too many things that Strand has to do where he trusts other people. He has refreshments and he has to sleep and weapons can be found and yet don't have that much choice in what kind of weapons are around or protections or anything else. So anyway... Let me go back to my notes and see if we can keep going. There isn't too much more. All right. Other upcoming shows on NDB Media in the next few days. Monday Night in America tomorrow night with Roger Noriega. It's always Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history. It's currently hosted on StreamYard. The links can be found on the Facebook page for NDB Media. Fandom Access Week in Review. I'm a little fuzzy. I always thought they were weekly. They may not be weekly these days. I don't see them every week. But just check in Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the awesome anecdotes of Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they discuss another night of television. Recent discussions include Hot Takes on Fear the Walking Dead, Moon Knight, and Star Trek Card. The Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show will be on Wednesday the 11th, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. The topic is Who Are You? How We Form Self-Identity. This was rescheduled from April 27th. Uh, Last one, Travel Itch Radio. That's Thursday the 12th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. History lives off the Maine coast, where a fleet of Maine windjammers sail from port to port visiting small towns, enjoying lobster bakes on private islands, and introducing 21st century travelers to 19th century sailing conditions. Learn more on Travel Itch Radio when Tyler King, captain of the schooner American Eagle, talks with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. A member of the Maine Windjammer Association, Captain Lee will explain what a windjammer is and why it provides such a memorable vacation. Alrighty, we're still in a commercial break. That is about the end of my notes. So I'm going to, well, it's 9.42, so I may pull up an article just in case if we need something. I do have an article from comicbook.com, which is covering uh, one of the Fear the Walking Dead showrunners on ending Althea's story in season seven. I, I felt like that wasn't a complete ending or a plausible one that she would just walk off like that and not, I don't know. It it just seemed forced that she's completely out. Like this was done for out of character reasons. So they had to make it work, but it felt incomplete. All right, we're back. I'll see you guys probably at the last break, break number seven. 
Okay, guys, it's 9.49. I'm staying at 4.5. I like the last scene, although I'm mad because what I really wanted to see was John Dory kill Strand. Or else, if not kill him, and he has a thing about that, incapacitate him, like handcuffs and put him somewhere where he's beholden to someone else to fix it. And he really missed an opportunity there. I don't understand why he let it go. Uh, maybe he thought if he did that and there was a gunshot heard that he wouldn't be able to get Mo out of there. I guess. Maybe. All right. Uh, commentary. Uh, well, I just was saying, you know, four drinks in a row. Well, John Dory's just had four drinks in a row, half that damn bottle hardly. And... I guess maybe that's part of why it stayed stayed his hand as well. He's a little tipsy, kind of hard to execute these things. All right, let me pull up the article that I had for you guys. Fear the Walking Dead showrunner on ending Althea's story in season seven. Cameron Bolomono, comicbook.com. This is back from November, and I just hung on to it in case we needed something to talk about because this really hasn't been addressed. Uh, Co-showrunner Andrew Chambliss explained the open-ended exit for Althea as the first major departure for this season of Fear. Um, Reclamation reveals the Civic Republic military's return to the Walking Dead spinoff when the helicopter group dispatches a Reclamation team to target and eliminate Ground 17. Abe Wall, Sierra and Pilot, and Al's flighty love interest Isabel, uh, played by Sidney Lemon, with help from friends Morgan and Grace, video journalist Al gets the fear version of a happy ending when she stops chasing stories and starts chasing Isabel. This episode marks Al's last appearance this season, Chambliss. Now, uh, that was an interesting turn of phrase. This season, we have a commitment to season eight, so we'll see. Maybe they're not gone forever. Maybe they'll be part of some grand ending. Um, and this is me talking, not the article. Let me see. Are we back? No, we're still in a commercial, but we're probably not much longer. Um, Chambliss confirmed on AMC Plus Fear the Walking Dead episode Insider In Al's history on the show We've seen her filming other people Asking other people questions In this episode we actually see her on the side of the camera We see her in the stolen moments That she had with Isabel just before the bombs went off Added Chambliss of the nuclear warhead That detonated in the explosive end of season 6 Where Isabel went AWOL Piloting the CRM chopper that airlifted Al's friends out of the blast zone It speaks to the way that Isabel is able to get At who Al really is all right, still in a commercial, let's keep going. Coming full circle with Morgan's first meeting with Al and John Dory when he crossed over from The Walking Dead to Fear in Season 4, Episode What's Your Story. The episode climaxes with Al on the other end of the camera in a video interview conducted by Morgan. One of the last scenes between Al and Morgan is an interview where Morgan says he saved Al's life, so she owes him an interview. And that's a direct callback to the fact that Al saved Morgan's life way back in 401 and said that he that meant he owed her an interview, explained Chambliss. He's asking her these questions because he wants her to have to confront the fact that she's the obstacle standing in the way right now between her reunion with Isabel, the woman she loves. As Dory said before his death in Dillahunt's final episode of season six, it's not too late, it's never too late. It's not a lesson forgotten in what is, at least for now, Grace's exit episode of Fear. And by that, they mean Maggie Grace, not Grace the character. All right. Um, this is a trailer for something coming up. So probably I'm not going to be able to finish this right now. I'm going to mark 
where I was in the article, and we will maybe come back to this next week and go a little bit further. I just wanted to have something to talk about. All right, so I'm going to mark that, and we'll be back very shortly. I'm just This trailer is for 61st Street, which I'm sure is chomping at the bed to come take over again. All right, let me add this article thing in here for you guys. Left off, off at Paste Sentence. Okay, got it. All righty, we're back. See you at the end. Okay, guys, it's 10.01. That is the end of the show. I'm going to stay at... Well, you know what? I'm going to go up just a little bit more in honor of John Dory because that actually, it wasn't drawn out, but it was a, a noble theoretical death. Once again, we didn't see him die, so you never know. Jones ending on 3-5. I'm ending on 4-7-5. Jones fussing about everything. The shit with Wes is pissing her off. Um, Dory should have been eaten with that exposed face. That's me talking. And Jones said, this is the stupidest plot line. All those walkers are radiation infected. How is this getting baby mode to safety? Well, it is, they don't really have, it's Hobson's choice. It, all of the things going on are stupid. Um, so at any rate, the walkers are infected with radiation. So this is not doing Mo any good. Hi, Joseph Gibson. You're here right at the end of the show, but you're welcome to hang out for the last five minutes. Um so anyway, that's where our scores are standing at the end. I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Um, everybody here, those of you who may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website, special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. We hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on this exact same network. Be a different link, of course, to watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Thanks for being here, and good evening.